If you've got your Bible with you today, uh, turn to John 18. John chapter 18, and let's take a moment this morning to pray. Father, as we approach your word, we thank you that it brings life to all of us. It brings health to our flesh. You sent your word and healed them. Lord, we receive the word of God today. Open our eyes, we pray, to see, open our ears to hear what you would have us to hear. Thank you for understanding now in Jesus' name. Amen. John 18 and verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And that's what we've been answering and dealing with this subject in this new series called True or False. This will be the fourth part in the series um, that we began in a, in a few weeks ago, talking about what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is false. Truth is under great assault today, and many are tempted to believe that nothing's really true or you can never really know or just kind of blending everything together and acting like, you know, true, false, one opinion, another opinion, nothing's more valuable than another. And, and there's nothing further from the truth than that. And you and I, as believers in our day, must be knowledgeable of what's right and wrong. We must have a grip on the basic foundation of where truth comes from remember John 17 17 Jesus said to the father he said sanctify them by your truth he said your word is truth and so we know that uh, without going back and covering all the things we've already covered God's word is what Jesus said is true whatever he says that's what we're going with all right, and so let's not water that down to any degree. Let's not, uh, just because we don't understand some things, we don't want to back off from the reality of what God said. We want to take this approach, Lord, show more. Teach me. Give me understanding so that I can walk in your truth. Now, if God's word is true, of course, it should not only have historical evidence of its validity, but it, sh it should also have a present tense evidence of producing supernatural results. If, if I'm saying, if, and I'm, I'm saying basically what Jesus said, so I'm not the source of that, but, but if I'm saying that God's word is true, it better produce results. Because if you tell me something is absolute truth and it's for all people of all time and yet it doesn't help, yet it doesn't produce any results, I'm questioning that. And I would question that concerning the Word of God as well. If we don't ever see anything supernatural, if we don't see prayers answered, if we don't see needs met, if we don't see bodies healed, if we don't see lives changed, then I'm saying, well, I'm not quite so sure about this. I want to make sure I'm on the right path. I certainly don't want to commit my very life to something that it's just, I just believe that because that's what I've been told. I just, well, I guess that's the culture I grew up in, so that's why I've accepted this. No, I want the real thing. 
And I've come to the conclusion, as many of you have, that, uh, that the Word of God is true and it's effectual. And what we can see in the lives of Christians around the globe is in the wake of a believer, you see good things. You see people who were mean, they're now nice. You see people whose lives are changed, whose, whose bodies are healed. You see things that you can't explain. Like, wow, what happened? Story after story. There's, I mean, volumes. I wonder if we'll have a, a book in heaven. It'd have to be 100 miles high. You know what I'm talking about? Of all the miracles that believers have experienced, of all the supernatural events that have transpired in the lives of believers. Why? Because they simply acknowledged God's Word is true. They acted like it was true. They acted on it, and supernatural things took place. But that is another evidence. It's another witness to say, hey, what God said is absolutely the truth. Bank your life on it. Write checks on it. You know what I'm talking about? It will work for you every single time. And so uh, I want to go along these lines today. I've got some things to say that I know for some it'll be a, it'll be a new way of thinking, but uh, hopefully you're, you're not closed-minded to, uh, to, to the Word of God, and, and hopefully we all recognize that there's things that we don't know. And there's things we don't yet see, and we're seeking God to, for answers. But we, when we talk about God being true, that goes right along with God being just. All right? He, he's truthful in every way. He's, he's just. He's not crooked in any way. He, there's nothing fake about Him. There's no, no phoniness. There's no, uh, he doesn't twist things for His own will. Sometimes believers only know that God is omnipotent. And I think it's pretty much universal in the body of Christ, no matter what kind of church background a person has. They will say, yes, God is all-powerful. God can do anything. And when that is not tempered, let me, let me qualify. Let me not qualify. That's true, period. All right, God is all-powerful and omnipotent, and I'm not backing away from that. But if someone only knows that, and they, they don't know that God is also just, they can come away with an idea that because God is all-powerful, He can do anything He wants at any time in any person's life. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. Why is that not true? Because he's just. And God does not violate his own word. What he wants us to live by in being honest and, and, and uh, acknowledging and living by truth, he also does that. And so it's a misnomer for us to think, well, God is all-powerful, and He can do anything, anytime He wants. And, and so when good things happen, it's because of God. And if bad things happen, well, God's all-powerful. He's sovereign, so I guess He did that or at least allowed it. Uh, you see how, how that, there's a problem here. When people don't realize that God operates within the confines of His own word of truth, of justice, then He gets either the credit or the blame for everything that happens. And that's not correct. Us understanding that God is just is vital. You see, God doesn't um, just decide, for example, to forgive a person. Well, because I'm God and I'm all-powerful, 
I'm just going to forgive. A lot of people really think that God is in the position to do that. That if he wants to, he can just forgive people. Well, why? Well, because he's God. We think, if I were God, I would do whatever I want. And so he's God. He, get, he does whatever he wants. Actually, there are a lot of things that God wants that he doesn't get. You know, one of them is it's his desire and will that all people are saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Everyone. He's not getting his way. And yet he's all-powerful. Yet he's God. What's the limitation? Justice is. It's the reason when Adam and Eve sinned and came against uh, the command of God that he didn't just, you know, kind of grab the earth and shake it. You know, like those Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> and it all went clear. And he said, I'm starting over. <laughs> but, many, I mean, that would have been nice, right? Couldn't we just, they blow it, start over, do it again. And if they blow it, start over, do it again. No, he couldn't have done that. Now, he had the power to do it. He's got big hands. <laughs> he can shake. Uh, but the thing is, he committed to his creation the right to choose, the right to make a choice. And now the only thing he could do was not act like sin didn't exist, act like it wasn't real, but deal with it justly. How? Someone's got to die. Sin, I mean, sin requires death. Someone's going to die for that. And he came up with a good plan. And that was Jesus. But you can see how it was necessary. God doesn't just show up and just do whatever he wants. This helps, I think, and this is where I need you to I need you to really think about this in case you come from a background where you you know you haven't really thought this way about the Lord, but this is where it helps people answer the why question. We've all had questions, and probably still do if we think about it. There are situations we know of, there are things that have happened, and we wonder why. Why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why did this person die? Why did this person live? Uh, you know, why did this person get healed? Why didn't this per- people have questions about why? Okay, and it's not wrong to have questions about why God can. God's got big shoulders. If you question, have Lord, what's happening here? He can handle. It. He He has answers. But here's what we don't want to do: we don't ever want to base our belief on what we don't know. Well, I don't know why this happened. So, and then we come up with a reason. No, just stop with I don't know why that happened. And so, but but Lord, I know you're good. I know you're just. I don't know why that happened, but I know you're right. I know you're faithful. Amen. But that puts us in a position for him to teach us and help us understand. When we understand justice, now think about it. When things happen in this world that are unjust, think about a person being in prison that is innocent. I mean, they went through the court system and they were found guilty and they weren't. Think that's ever happened? I mean, doesn't that make you hurt though? If you really think about it, someone's life being taken away from them and they didn't even do it. Ah, that's just grieving. We think, that's wrong. But how many understand that sometimes people think that God does that every day? He'll take a person that didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, and he'll, whatever, do it or allow something to happen to them and, we'll, and, and think, well, I guess God can do that because he's God. No, God is just. It answers a whole lot of questions for us as to why things happen. We know that if God is just, 
then he's not to blame for it. He's not just deciding, I'm just going to do this to you, and I'm not going to do it to you. Bless you, curse you. Huh? Smile on you, frown upon you. You know, I heard a story one time about a guy. Actually, two guys. These two brothers. And uh, these two brothers, one of them was one of these kind of guys. He, he was blessed from the womb. And what I mean by that is everything he did worked. I mean, he was just good at everything. I mean, he grew up, and he was good at sports and music and just breezed through school, just smart, and went through college and just did great at everything, went into business, built a huge bit company, and just made gazillions of dollars and uh, just doing so well. And, uh, and, and after that, you know, he decided he wanted to have a little slower lifestyle, so he got out of the business and decided to uh, get a farm. And went into farming. Before he knew it, his farm was big. And, he, and it was just making money, hand over fist, just, just blowing and going. And, uh, and anyway, his brother <laughs> was uh, just the opposite of that. His brother, he was just, he just was bad at everything. <laughs> and he wasn't very talented or gifted. And it, it just seemed like he failed at everything he put his hand to. And, and when his, his older brother uh, went into farming, he thought, you know, I can do that. I can follow his example there, and he went into farming as well, and, um, and he, he bought a farm, and he was out on the tractor one day out on the field, and uh, plowing the field, and uh, all of a sudden it starts raining, and raining hard, just a downpour, and, and, and he's on a little slope there, the tractor starts sliding down in the mud, and before you know it, the tractor rolls over. He's laying in the mud. The tractor's got him half pinned. He's just laying, laying there saying, why in this is nothing ever work? And he says, God, why does this always happen this way? He heard a voice that said, there's something about you that ticks me off. <laughs> Someone said, that's me. <laughs> Actually, the truth is, no, that's not you, nor is that anybody else. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's not a true story, by the way. <laughs> but we must avoid the thinking, the mindset that God is just doing that. He's just, because he's sovereign, uh, he's just choosing, I want to smile upon you. <laughs> you just tick me off. And, uh, and I just want to bless you and curse you. And, and, and you're going to live and you're going to die. And you're going to be sick and you're going to be healthy. And that's all God, God's, no, no, no. God is just. And it, it, we have to have this understanding of him to know how he relates to us. There are some things that are happening that are wrong, but it's not because God's doing it that would make him unjust. Again, what would you do with a person that would do that? I mean, we'd throw them and lock, throw them away and lock the key, throw, lock them up and throw away the key. If someone would do that to people, but we think God does it all day long. Here's the deal. He's true, he's right, he's just, and he's not involved with injustice. You know, sometimes people have really gotten bad theology about the Lord because of uh, they've been taught incorrectly from the book of Job. Ever read the book of Job? Uh, uh, we're not going to study that today. But the idea that many people have, in fact, I did a series if you really want to get teaching on that. But uh, the idea that people have about that is that here we got nice little Job serving God, righteous in all his ways, and God picks him up and dangles him before the devil. He says, 
What do you think about him? Hmm. And then God lets the, the devil clean his clock just because, just to prove that he's a good guy. That's unjust. That's why I know that's not what happened. God does not take an innocent person and say, this guy's perfect, this guy's righteous, this guy does everything right, here you go. You kidding me? You telling me that's the kind of God we serve? That's not the truth. Again and again, we see in the Scripture, in the Word of God, that God is just. Amen. Let, let, me, let me go a little bit further. Now hold on to your seats. If this is anything different than what you've heard, that's okay. We, we allow questions. Not right now, but, you know, another time. <laughs> it's not really our format right now. I'll try to answer. I'll try to bring up the questions that I think you have. And, uh, <laughs> amen, and I'll get some of them right. Praise the Lord. But sometimes I've known people who have had questions. They've lost uh, different people in their life and become angry with God because of it. And here's, here's the mindset, though. Here's the mindset. Well, he could have. God could have healed them. Why didn't he? And if he could have, why, di why didn't he do it? God, why didn't you do it? And they become upset with God. First of all, understand this. I understand that. And if you come from that place or are in that place, I, I, you know, I've dealt with that firsthand with people. I, I understand that. But anytime a person is angry at God, they're not seeing him according to truth. You, you don't understand it right. You would never be upset with God if you saw him in truth. But here's, here's where that comes from. It comes from the mindset again. Because he's God, he's making all the decisions as to what happens in every individual's life, whether they live or die. That's not the case. Say, well, he's allowing it. No, he's not. That's not true. For example, James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, uh, this is extra stuff, so. It says, says uh, you know, submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Are we supposed to resist the devil? What will happen if we do? He'll flee. What if we don't? He stays. Okay, we understand. Well, that's the devil. Well, Acts 10.38, number of scriptures point sickness and different things as a direct work of the devil. So if sickness is there, it's, the, it's a work of the devil. Okay? If I resist, he goes. If I don't, he stays. So the person who resists and gets victory, you know, they have that solution. They get out of the problem. What about the person who's over here who doesn't resist? And they just say, Lord, why is this happening to me? Lord, take this away from me. Lord, make that go away. What's going to happen to them? Now, the whole, this doesn't sound harsh or cruel, but they keep their problem. But God can set them free. No, he can't. What do you mean he can't? I'm telling you, he said in his word, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. If he said for us to do that, then he can't do it. That's like saying this. Watch. One person says, I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want to be in heaven. I want a relationship with God. I bow my knee to the Lord Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Another person says, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to do that. But God, you're a, you're a loving God. You're, you're, you're merciful and you're kind. Save me. No. How many know this person doesn't get saved? 
though God does love them, though He does want them free, they have to get it this way. That's the legal means by which it's going to happen. If some brains are spinning and thinking, well, I don't know about that. Well, here's what you want to watch out. You don't want to make your mind God. And this is what many people do in situations where they don't understand. I just don't know. I don't know. I can't accept that. You've, unless you've got a scripture, you've just exalted your thinking above the knowledge of God. And, and we all are tempted to do that at times. We want to figure stuff out. We want to come up with an answer in our own minds that, that makes us feel better. But if it's not correct, I don't want it. If it's not true, it'll eventually lead to bondage. You're not getting quiet on me today, are you? Because I'll mess with you if you do. I'm going to get all in your business. Praise God. Justice. God is true. Let me, let me give you a couple scriptures here. Psalm 89. Psalm chapter 89. The Lord wants to help us to see clearly, to see accurately, so we can avoid trouble as much as possible. We must know what's true and what's false. God is just and true. This is why sin cannot be forgiven without a basis. It must be allowed to be called sin and then dealt with justly. All right, Psalm 89, verse 14, says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. What's the foundation of God's throne? Is it, is it all power? No, no. It's righteousness and justice. That means God is all powerful, yes. But justice is the foundation. Righteousness. Another scripture in the psalm says that He exalted His word above His name. That means that even God Himself submits to His own Word. Whatever He has said in the past, He now lives within the guidelines of what He said. So His all-power, His sovereignty does not allow Him to go outside of what He's already said. That would make Him unjust. That would make Him a liar. He said, whatever I've said, I'm living by that. It's not just that He wants you to live by it. He Himself lives that way. And everything he does comes in the confines of his word. So again, this means that if he told you to do something or me to do something, he's not going to do it for me. If he said, this is how prayer works, then that's how it works, period. If he said, this is how my blessing works, then that's how it works. And he doesn't go outside of that and say, well, I'm God, I'm good, and I just want this to happen, so bada bing, there you go. No, he's going to lead us to operate within the confines of truth. And when we do, here he goes. Everything's going to work. Amen. And so mercy does not exist in the absence of truth. Truth shows the need for mercy. Watch. If I don't have truth, why do I need mercy? Because if I don't have truth, I can't call anything wrong. But once truth identifies for me that some things are right and some things are wrong, then I know, oh, I need mercy, I need help, because I see and I recognize that some things are wrong. Truth, truth calls sin wrong. Then mercy can come in and fix it. But if there is no 
acknowledgement that some things are evil, then there's no help. Truth calls sickness wrong, calls it a bad thing. That allows for healing mercy to come in and, and repair and fix it. But if I call it good, well, this is actually a good thing. Well, if it's your friend, it'll never end, right? Truth recognizes what's right and wrong. We need it so much to know where to live our lives, what to govern our lives by. And when we, when we find that we fall short of God's standard in any way, that's when we thank God for mercy and grace because these things go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. Well, we're just all about grace here, all about mercy. We just, if that's all you have, then you become, well, I just accept everything. No standards, no principles, no righteousness, no, we just accept everything. We just love everybody and everything. That's, man, that's loosey-goosey and wrong, and, and, uh, and there's, there's no righteousness there. But we, but we don't want to be over here, too. Some people have left that, and it's just, this is the standard. You're going to measure up, you're going to live by this, or you're out of here. You're going to, you know, toe the line, and this is the standard, and we don't accept any deviation. As, well, where's the mercy in that? It's this is the standard, yes, live your life by it, but we also have mercy that forgives and grace to help us to live by that. Amen. Let, let me show you another one here, Psalm 96. Psalm 96 in verse 13 says, For he is coming, he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. What's happening? God has a standard. He is something, he says, this is true and everything is going to be measured against it. Everything is going to be compared with that truth. And so, if I don't know that, I don't even know what judgment, what, what, what my life is judged by. I've got to know what's true. I've got to know what's right. I've got to know what's wrong. How does your life line up with truth? If truth is here, where do you come in comparison to that? Okay. I find it interesting over in 3 John and verse 4 where the Apostle John wrote, made a statement. One of these all-inclusive statements I mean just it's an absolute statement he said I have no greater joy that means he put this right at the top I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth he, nothing made him happier and think about it he's talking about his children so I'm talking about saved people they've received Jesus as the truth he said nothing makes me happier I don't get any more excited than to hear that my children are walking in truth not just being saved they're walking in truth. How do you put that right there at the top? You put that there on the top shelf. Nothing more important than that. That speaks to me. It says, hey, we better get our act together. We have got to know what's right and what's wrong. We can't be among the crowds today who just don't kind of really know. Well, I'm not really sure. You never know. I mean, I don't want to be judgmental, so I'll just call everything okay. <laughs> no greater joy and to hear that his children are walking in truth. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, of course, the law was given. The law was given not so that forgiveness and mercy would be unnecessary. The law was not given so we'll straighten out everybody's behavior and make everyone act and toe the line and walk perfect. No, the law was actually given to show everybody how they were failures. 
it was given, they had all kinds of laws and rules and guidelines, and it was to make people aware, dude, <laughs> you're a dog, man. You are falling short of the glory of God. You've got issues. You need help. That was the purpose of it. So they could come out of there going, Lord, we need a Savior. We need a Messiah. We need redeemed. We need saved from this. But as long as people don't recognize and see clearly what truth is, they will not look for a solution. Okay. Everybody with me? Proverbs 16, 16 says, In mercy, no, 16 verse 6, In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Again, both sides. Mercy and truth. Let me give you right now six things. Why do we need the truth? Why do you as a believer, why do you need the truth? Number one, number one, the more truth you know, the more you can worship God. The more truth you know, the more you can worship God. And this is what Jesus said in John 4 and verse 24. He said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and what? In truth. I mean, understand, you cannot worship God effectively if you don't know the truth. He said, this is the way you must worship Him. That means, if I believe something incorrect about God, I can't worship Him. And how many know, of really, if you, if you kind of think, you know, the Lord killed my cat and blew up my car and caused me to lose my job and, and, uh, and all this stuff, <laughs> I'm not really wanting to worship Him anyway. But the good news is that's not true. No, He loves you. No, He wants good for you. He's not the one doing those things to you. But if I know truth, I can worship Him. Now, if you know a little bit of truth, you can worship God according to that. All you know, God is love and God is nice. Uh, well, you can worship Him for nice and love. Uh, uh, but the more you know of Him, the more truth you have, the more you can worship Him. It expands your worship life of Him. Th this is why... Uh, you know, so, uh, we go through great uh, pains sometimes in choosing worship songs that we sing in church because, unfortunately, not everyone who's gifted musically, not everyone who's creative knows the Word. I mean, oftentimes they have a heart to worship God, but oftentimes they're also biblically ignorant. And so they write great tunes, and wow, I feel that. That's nice. But what's with the lyrics? It's like... Don't you know the word? And so you have to kind of tweak them or just throw the song out altogether. Some of you don't, you're not that uh, discriminating when you listen to stuff on the radio and you're singing along and you're singing, you know, woe is me and naked, wretched and blind I am and, and uh, all this stuff. And, and uh, ah! <laughs> I've been in church services before where you're singing along, worshiping the Lord. You know, just, <laughs> just close your eyes and go into the Spirit. <laughs> I can't sing that. I, and you hear all these people, all these people around you, you know, they're, they're singing away. I'm just, you know, broke and lame and, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, just all this negative stuff that Jesus redeemed us from. And it's not true who we are in Christ. And they're singing it with all passion. I'm crying out for the Lord to come and save me. Dude, I thought you were saved. Isn't this a church? I mean, are we in a bar? I, I would see, we could sing that in the bar, but in church, most of us are saved. But it's people not recognizing 
the value of truth. That when you have truth, you can accurately worship God. And your worship will go through the roof when you're speaking what's true and what's right. A lot we could say about that, but let's go on to number two. Why do we need truth? Is because the more truth you have, the freer you will be. The more truth you have, the freer you will be. And that's John 8, 32, where Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What happens if I don't know the truth? Then I'm not free. I'm in bondage. All right? The degree of bondage that I have experienced in my life is directly related to the amount of truth that I'm operating in. The more truth I have, the freer I get. If you are bound up by anything today, it's because you believe something incorrectly. There's something you believe that's wrong. Something in your belief system that's incorrect. Good news is, the Lord wants to set you free. How's He going to do that? Primary way He wants to do that is with truth. Wants you to think right. Wants you to have correct believing. Wants you to see things accurately. When you do, here you go. Freedom. Freedom. And so, hey, if you don't, you don't have any other motivation than that, I want to live a free life. I don't want to be bound by junk in my life. Let's get it together. Truth will do it. All right, here we go. Number three, why do we need truth? Because the spirit of truth is in you. And you cannot walk with God without walking in truth. The spirit of truth is in you. John 14, 17 says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. How many understand with God, there is no deceit, there is no lie, there is nothing fake or false or phony or anything incorrect. God is truth. And if you are a believer and you want to walk with God, you absolutely have to value truth. And the more you know what's true about him, the more you can walk with him. I mean, we could relate that, of course, to... Uh, to us naturally if you want to walk with me but you believe that I really enjoy seafood and you take me to the seafood restaurant we're not going to get along we're not going to we're not going to have real deep fellowship because what you believe about me is wrong But what if you know what if you know the truth about me, which I'm not really going into today, <laughs> then we can have a closer walk, and vice versa. The Lord knows you. Do you know Him? And how well do you know Him? The more you know Him, the more you can walk close with Him. Here we go, number four. We are commanded in the New Testament to walk in love. To walk in love. How can you rejoice in what you don't know? So where do, you, where do you get that? I get that from 1 Corinthians 13, 6, which says love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love rejoices in truth. And if I don't know the truth, I don't have anything to rejoice about. And if you're grumpy, you probably don't know the truth. I can tell you for certain. <laughs> that oftentimes when 
the Spirit of God begins to move in a service like this. And truths are being proclaimed. And you see people getting happy about it. Woo, yeah, excited. That's because they see it. And they're rejoicing in truth. And when some are like, hmm. <laughs> they don't see it. I'm not telling you you're a bad guy or bad person. We like you, grumpy thing. But... <laughs> I mean, you're welcome here. We'll give you a donut <laughs> on Saturday night. Uh, but you don't see it because you're not happy about it. That's something about, about truth, about revelation. When it comes, you get excited. It's like, whoo, man, I see that. Yeah, I see that. Like the person who got healed of the, the crooked spine, saw some things, got happy before the spine changed. That's what made it change. Number five. Number five, the devil is a liar. I don't want anything to do with him. Why do we need the truth? Because the devil is a liar. I don't want to have anything to do with him. Jesus said in John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil. Talk not, not to you. To some hypocritical Pharisees there. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. You and I ought to have nothing to do with lies, with deception, with being fake or phony or false in any way. We ought to be... The opposite extreme. Why? If for no other reason, that's what the devil is. I mean, that jerk, that idiot, that's the way he operates. That's the way he lives. He, he's a deceiver. He is a liar. He's a murderer. And I don't want anything to do with that. I'm on the Lord's side. I've chosen his team. And now I have victory. Number six. Number six, why do we need the truth? Because nothing else works without it. Because nothing else works without it. Where do I get that? Not just a good idea, not just a good thought. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Now if you know the, the, the context there in the passage, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and how we have a shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the uh, the the belt of truth, we've got, what do we got, shoes of peace, breastplate of righteousness, yeah, you, you know, all those things. What's happening there is the Apostle Paul is using the Roman soldier as an illustration to say, this is what you need spiritually. Just like they have all this armor naturally to protect their physical body, you need these ingredients in your spiritual life so that you can withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All right, so that in the evil day you can stand. And he talked about all these things that are of great value and uh, very important. But here's what what he, what he said about truth. He said you've got to have your belt of truth. What does that mean? In that Roman soldier's uh, armor, uh, the belt is what held everything together. When they took their belt off, everything else falls off. Basically, what he was saying to us is, yes, you need a shield of faith and a breastplate of righteousness, and which has to do with knowing the truths about 
these subjects, and a sword of the Spirit, all these things. But if you don't have truth on, nothing's going to work for you. How many know if you don't have truth, your faith doesn't work? If you don't have truth, your sword is dull. You're not going to be able to withstand all the attacks that come against you in the evil day. But when you've got truth, you know what's right. It holds everything together. I'm telling you, when, when Christians today set aside truth and they say, well, we're just focusing on these other good elements and aspects of Christianity, but we've kind of, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to rub anyone the wrong way, so we're just kind of not going to mention truth. I'm telling you, everything else is going to fall apart. It is an essential ingredient that keeps the Christian life together, that keeps a person protected from all the, the, the ills and the, uh, the evils of today. And we have got to magnify truth. I wonder why is it every time we get together, every time Christians gather all around the world, one of the major, if not the, probably the major components to the gathering is this. People hear the word taught and, and prot, preached. There's preaching and there's teaching of God's word. And we spend a lot of time with it, don't we? Week in and week out, say, why don't we always do the same thing? Truth makes the difference. Truth is an essential ingredient. We, can't, we, can't, we cannot do without it even for a moment. And if we set it aside, the enemy has his way with us. We lose all protection when we do that. And so we're always going to hold on to truth. You know, again, let, let, me, let me reiterate this point as, as we finish up here today. This is how the enemy is working to get into your life. He wants you to believe lies. Or he wants you to not be able to decipher what's good and bad. Confuse everything. Call the work of God bad. Call the work of Satan good. Amazing. Christians do this sometimes. I was asked to speak in a church one time. And this person who was in charge, they wanted me to speak. And they, 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 they said to me, uh, just something you should know, though. He, uh, this person was a, who was asking me, they were saved. And uh, I believe they were spirit-filled. And they were in charge of getting the guest speaker. And they said to me, but you have to be aware that our church is not a Bible-believing church. It was a... I'm not going to call the name now, but it was a denomination, old-time, large denomination in our country. You know, at one time was very effective with the gospel, but not for years. And she said, you have to understand. She said, I am. I know the difference. She said, but our church is not a Bible-believing church. And, uh, and this person had heard me minister, and I, I spoke for 45 minutes or something uh, in that particular meeting that they were in. And they also mentioned to me that you also understand that, it, you know, if you do this, uh, they're not used to, used to that. They're used to more like 10 minutes. And I thought, well, no wonder your church, I didn't say this, but no wonder your church doesn't believe the Bible. For one, you know, this is good education for us. Some of you know this because you've come out of situations like that, but not every Christian group has anything to do with God they might pick a Bible verse here or there but they don't accept it as authoritative Jesus said I've come to bear witness to the truth but they don't believe that 
They've come up with their, they've just become a religious group. They have a Christian name. Many of the people probably call themselves Christian, but do you believe in Jesus is the only way? No. You believe that there's a real devil? No. You believe the Bible is true? Well, maybe. This is, this is rampant. And the enemy has successfully moved in to strip away truth from people's lives. Why? So he can attack them and wreak havoc in their lives. Their shield of faith is down. Their, their breastplate of righteousness is off. They've got nothing going for them. They just claim to be Christian. But they're not. Say, that could never happen to us. That could happen to anyone who doesn't value and fall in love with truth. We need to value what the Lord says. He came to bear witness to it. We ought to receive it. And never let our minds go just believing whatever we want to believe. Well, I just believe. Well, what's the reason you believe that? Well, because this is what happened to me. That's not a good enough basis. You can't base truth on your experience. Because someone else has an experience just the opposite. Well, I believe. Well, that's what my, my parents told me. Your parents might have been wonderful people. They could have been wrong. Hmm? I'm a parent. I'm wrong sometimes. Not on purpose. That's just not a good basis for what we believe. Amen. Well, I just believe. Knock it off with you just believe. What thus saith the Lord? Be it, get in a habit of saying, what, what verse is that? You know, someone comes in, well, tells you, say, well, I just believe that, and then they stop say their belief what verse is that what what, what scripture is that in and it's be good for us because we'll find probably along the way we hold true some things that aren't really true we've just become accustomed to believing a certain way but more truth more you can worship more freedom you've got amen more you can walk with god and uh and, and lots of other good things amen amen father thank you today for this time we've had together we do honor you and bless you in all that we do. And we seek to walk in truth. Lord, I know there's probably not a person here who just wants to be wrong. Not a person here who wants to be incorrect about things. Not a person here who doesn't want to walk in, in truth in their relationship with you. But Father, I, uh, we all recognize that we're fallible. We don't know everything. But we're continually seeking you. And we're studying what your word and what you've said so that we can walk in accordance with truth. Lord, help us to be a bright shining light in a dark world. When people see us, they don't see condemnation and judgment, but they do see a standard. They do, they do see the truth of God coming through our lives so that they can also make adjustments and walk in freedom. Lord, I give you all the thanks and praise today. Such a good God you are. What a good God you are. Thank you for helping us. We're not alone in this, but you're helping us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for those who've come to church this morning that have never been saved.